Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. Uh, today we want to talk about kind of where our bodies are at nowadays. Uh, we talk a lot about flares that we've gone through and what joints get affected, but we really haven't talked about how our mobility or our flexibility or our strength or different aspects of our body have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's something important for us to touch on because like Erica said, we've talked a whole lot about kind of how our routines have changed and how our mindset has changed and all that stuff. But literally on a physical level, my body is way different than it was when I pre-diagnosis. Honestly, in some ways, my body is way stronger than it was pre-diagnosis because I'm so much more intentional about the stuff that I'm doing. But there are things that every single day we're facing that we don't necessarily always talk about on the podcast or even like on social media and stuff. And so that's why um, we thought it'd be a really good idea to share about that today because our routines have changed and our routines have changed partially as a result of how our bodies have changed over the years. Yeah. It's interesting because I was looking back on like some posts uh, earlier on, like in the beginning of my diagnosis. And I remember some of these photos that I like posted and I don't remember my joints being, when you first get diagnosed and you get swollen, like you're limited because you're like really swollen. But there's not like these deeper changes that have happened to your joints. I mean, sometimes for people, it happens very rapidly. Um, But I look back and I was like, man, I don't remember like really, I was struggling to like open water bottles and doors and stuff like that because I was in pain, not because there's like this subtle changes to my joints that I can feel Mm -hmm. now. The thing with having RA is that a lot of the times it is a very like subtle, gradual change in your joints. So it's not like you wake up one day and it's like, oh my gosh, my joint is fused or I can't move it this way. It's just like, you'll recognize one day like, wow, like I'm actually like not doing things how I used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's like certain things, even when it comes to, yeah, like opening up water bottles, like jars on like sauces and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, I have to really like use my, I can't explain it, but I'm sure if you're listening and you have RA, you'll understand that there's just like these different ways in which you learn. It's like you adapt, right? It's like having, in a sense, a, a little bit of a disability, right? Cause like your body has changed and you have to learn to adapt to that. Um, but coming from rock climbing, you know, I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, but just the way I was able to rock climb versus the way that I'm rock climbing now is so different. And Mm -hmm. I want to share something with you because I just got back to rock climbing again after like, what, a month and a half of not going to the gym because of this flare. And now that the medication is working, I'm able to get back to climbing. But the thing is, is that my joints are not the same. Like I cannot grip as hard as I used to be able to grip, you know, um, in climbing there's, they're, they're called crimps. And basically it's like these tiny little ledges that you grip onto and it's 
requires with like the pads like, of your fingertips. Yeah, yeah, with the pads of your fingertips. So it requires like a lot of strength and a lot of effort. And I used to be really good at crimps. Mm. Like I would be able to climb the tiniest little things. And I like that was me. Like I'd I remember like, like watching you climb outdoors and indoors, being like, "Dang, how is she no, doing that?" No, but it's so different. Like it's nowhere near where I used to be. Like I can for sure feel. And it's not that it's even painful when I crimp now. It's just a lack of like joint strength there. And it, and and I don't even think it has to do with my consistency of climbing. I think there's just a weakness of the joint there and I'm not able to pull on it as hard as I used to. And maybe there is a psychological component of that, right? When, especially if you've been flaring in your head, you're telling yourself, oh, my joints are weak right now. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to want to do that. But anyways, I was climbing with my friend the other day and there was like these new people to the gym. I could tell, you always can tell when someone's new to the gym, like the shoes that they're wearing and just kind of, um, just how they're talking about climbing and stuff. And so, I like jumped on this like three, uh, which to me is like a relatively easy climb for me, but because of me coming out of this flare where I wasn't using my body as much, I literally have been using, I told Rachel, I was like, I've been doing the most minimal amount of movement within the last month and a half because my elbows were flaring. And um, so I feel like when I went to the gym the other day, I was doing this three and I almost slipped at the top because I was so desperate to like hold on to the to the hold at the very top because it's like you have to mantle over, which basically means you're climbing over the ledge of the climbing wall. And mm-hmm. so it requires like you pushing down on your wrist mm-hmm. to get over and then bringing your leg over, which can be very scary if it's really high. You're like, if you don't feel like you have it, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to fall. Mm-hmm. So I got this kind of like panic mode and I like held on really tight, but I could still feel that my finger strength was like very limited. So it really freaked me out. But the the thing is the people that were watching me, to them, it looked like I was a new climber. But in my head, it's so frustrating because I'm like, you know, even though I haven't been consistently climbing since 2013 because of having RA, in my head, I'm a legit climber. In my head, I'm strong. In my head, I have the technique. But then I'm faced with these limitations when I've come Mm -hmm. out of a flare or I'm flaring. And it's so frustrating because I'm like, I'm not a newbie. But, you know, I'm not going to explain that to them. Yeah. Um, but I honestly got really I don't I don't really get embarrassed often, but I actually got embarrassed because I came down, so I mantled over and I like walked down the stairs back down to where they were and they were like, Oh, like good job and da da. But yeah. in my head I'm like, that looked so sloppy, so desperate. But I like I knew in my heart, I was like, it's because I haven't been doing anything yeah. physical for the last like month and it just really made me see that wow like i i'm just not the same like mm-hmm. it's and it's and it's probably never you know like it it is what it is now and hopefully i don't you know that's the extreme level of change that's happened to my joints um and it's frustrating cuz like i don't see physical joint damage um to my hands but I know that low grade something is mm-hmm. different. You know yeah. what I mean? 
I can relate so much to so much of what you just said. So number one, when you were talking about the crimps and like not having the strength and maybe part of it being mentality of like grabbing the crimps, like for me, um, anytime. So like I've been relatively consistent with climbing for, um, a year and a half now, but there's been times when I won't go for like a three to four weeks because of flares. Um, and I don't want to just exacerbate it. And I would get back to the gym and I would be at the point before I would, you know, take a little break that I would be able to do crips at all. Cause for the longest time, I didn't trust my body, like strength wise, I probably could have, but I just would put my hand on it and I wouldn't trust my body. And that was a whole mental game. And then I would like get to the point where I'd be like, okay, like I can do this. And I would be able to do it and prove to myself that I could. But then when I would come back to the gym after being off for a while, it was a whole mental game all over again. And not only that, but there was a month there recently where I wasn't climbing because of this post COVID flare. And when I went back to the gym um, last month and I literally had to re overcome my fear of heights. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was me like, too. Yeah. I, I literally was like, wait, I'm feeling scared right now. Like, who yeah. am I? This is weird. Cause literally I had been climbing for a year and a half and I like got over that fear very quickly. And I, it just kind of like, even if I would be away for a couple of weeks of climbing, like I would still, I wouldn't have to overcome that fear again. Yeah. But this yeah. time I was like, what is happening? Why am I scared right now? Like mm-hmm. I literally was scared to get to the very top hold or to the top of the wall because I was like, I'm so high up right now. Yeah. And so even just mentally being like, okay. Um, I feel like I can do this. I know I can do this. And then getting there and being like, wait, can I do this? Yeah. yeah. So the mental side of things, and then also the, um, embarrassment side of things and like feeling like, oh my God, I know I can do this, or I know I should be able to, and also feeling like a beginner. Oh my God. I relate to that Mm -hmm. so much. For instance, like taking orange theory classes at orange theory, for those of you who are not familiar, there's a portion on the, a water rower, a portion on the treadmill and a portion on the floor doing like strength training with dumbbells and TRX straps and like BOSU balls and stuff. And this, the workout is set and there's a coach kind of telling you what to do as you go. And it's like really high intensity. There's music playing. Like it's a really fun environment. Right. And the whole idea there is it is group fitness training, but you are so in your own like lane and it's so fast paced that you don't even have time to think about anyone else. But me being a coach, people see that I'm a coach, um, because you wear a heart rate monitor and it says coach Rachel on my little screen mm-hmm. and people I've had this happen multiple times where people will look over and be like, Oh God, I don't want to be next to you. Like you're a coach. And I'm like, listen, I power walk. I don't even run or jog on the treadmill because I don't do anything high impact, which is another way that my body has changed. Yeah. Um, but like have that mentality of like, I hate the fact that I'm a coach and I power walk, even though mm-hmm. power walking, you know, we take the incline up really high on the treadmill and it's not necessarily any quote unquote, like easier than jogging or running. It's mm-hmm. just different. Yeah. But in my head, I still to this day have that mentality of like, God, I wish I could just run. Like I mm-hmm. technically I could for sure. But yeah. over the years, I figured out that high impact exercise instantly flares up my knees. Like literally mm-hmm. an hour later, I will be like really hurting to walk and it's just not worth it to me. I would yeah. rather still get a good workout and not do anything high impact. Um, and that's a choice I make for myself. And it is still hard to this day when like, you know, they're doing like jump squats on the floor, um, with strength training. And like, I'm just going up on my toes as an uh, option rather than yeah. actually jumping. Yeah. And it's little things like that, that it's still like part of it is, I initially get in my head and I'm like, God, I wish I could just like do it full out. And honestly, once in a while, if I'm feeling really good, I'll do a little bit full out, just like prove to myself that I can. Um, but other than that, I stay low impact. And the thing that gets me through personally is just reminding myself, like, this is a choice. 
I choose to do this low impact. I choose to take days where I go a little bit slower and not yeah. push myself as much because I know that long-term it's going to do me better. Yeah. Um, and it's going to also help me mentally when I'm not flared up the next day. So I just think that like reminding yourself why you're doing the things that you're doing is so important, but it is really hard when your body changes in a certain way. And you're like, honestly, I don't think that I'll ever be able to run the way that I used to and stuff like that. Not that I was ever a runner. I never really like enjoyed running, but I used to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, even when you see, when I see people on the street, like running really early in the morning or whatever type of like, I don't know, bike riding or whatever, mm -hmm. I know you have to, you bike to work. (laughs) But uh, when I see that, like if I'm going to the grocery store, I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. Like, I don't think I could just get up early in the morning and just Mm -hmm. straight run, you know, like I know that my body couldn't even do that. Like I would have to need like a certain amount of time to like warm up and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to like, so when people see like, oh, Erica, like you could rock climb, like that's crazy. You have rheumatoid arthritis. But then you see me try to do like a push up. Mm-hmm. It's it's a totally different, different story because mm-hmm. my wrist it's interesting because my wrists are not ever a problem area for me but when I try to put my full weight on my wrist and try to do a push up it feels like not good mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it's not painful like like a lot of the things that I'm experiencing there's not a lot of pain induced in it it's just a un- like a it's uncomfortable. I always like I can explain feel it. something. Yeah. I always explain it like as if, especially with push-ups. sometimes when my wrists are bothering me, um, it feels like there's like a water balloon in there and it could pop at any moment. If I put too yeah. much pressure in like a push-up, for instance, or like mm-hmm. even when I'm like on a climbing wall and I like go to grab something, sometimes my wrists, sometimes my fingers, but it literally feels like they're just going to like like Mm -hmm. pop out of the socket. Just like, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm sure a lot of you listening can actually relate to that feeling. Um, but yeah, it is like super interesting when it's a different type of strength and you have to kind of adjust accordingly. And when you're doing something new, like we all like to try new things, especially like with fitness. Personally, I love fitness. I love trying new things. And sometimes I'm just like, wishing that I could do more. And you just kind of have to have that grace with yourself and remind yourself, like, this is where I'm at right now. And, um, I can progress from here. I can still have goals, but it might take me a little bit longer or I might have to go about it a different way. Yeah, exactly. I had done like a little workout video. I don't know, like, I don't know, was it like a month ago or something? And this was like at the start of like really feeling flared out, but it it wasn't like even a workout. I think it was just like me on my yoga mat in my room doing like a stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody like responded, they were like, wow, like that's amazing. Like you could even like sit on the floor, like cross-legged. Behind the scenes of that Mm -hmm. is that it did feel uncomfortable for me to squat and to be able to sit on my ground. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I just like easily Mm -hmm. sat on my ground. Just like Like, plopped down. Yeah, like I could feel like it in my knee joints that like I could feel that slight discomfort in there when I was sitting. So that wasn't easy for me as well. And I think a lot of us were – we don't talk about all these little micro Mm -hmm. things that we experience because it's like, you know, we really – highlight the the, highlight the big parts of like oh when I'm really flared out I like in bed but it's like what are these little things that are happening on a day-to-day basis that are just annoying and frustrating that you can't one of my clients said like one of her like intentions for her health journey was to be able to just get up off of the floor without Mm -hmm. needing someone to like lean on them and to help 
pull her up. You know, it's like, it's something so simple like that, where it's just like people that don't have chronic inflammatory conditions, you know, they, we'd all take for granted. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I just posted like a few days ago and in that reel that I make about the things that I don't take for granted now, the days where I can just get up off of the floor without pain, where Mm -hmm. I can roll out of my bed, like, like rolling out of my bed recently without, thinking about it like it's crazy within the last couple weeks i'm just getting up out of my bed and i'm like there's nothing that i'm thinking about i'm just like oh i'm getting up out of my bed like a normal person that doesn't have pain and that is something i'm really trying to like remember because as you start to feel better with your body it's very easy to get detached from where you once were and it's not that we should be ruminating on, you know, the bad times and be like, wow, things could get bad. But I think it keeps you humbled, you know, for me to be like, okay, Erica, just a month ago, you were really flared out. You were really scared again. And now you, here you are after being on this medication for a month and two weeks. And it's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. And it's like, although I'm not inflamed and in pain, mm-hmm. I still feel weird when I'm opening up a toothpaste bottle or squeezing the toothpaste out. Like those things are still there. And that just shows me like, that's probably not going anywhere. That's probably not going to change. Even if I wasn't inflamed for the next year. Even if it's not pain, it's still like not comfortable. And you feel those like changes in your body. Recently, I was talking to my boyfriend and I was talking about the fact that like, you know, like going from a chair to standing, it takes me an extra second and stuff like that. And he was just like, I can't imagine that happening and having to like take that extra time, um, and have constant pain or have constant discomfort. And I was at, um, the chiropractor earlier today and she, so there's like a whole lot. And we'll talk about this on the alternative medicine part two episode that we record. That'll probably come out. I'm guessing the next episode, but, um, I was with her and she's working a lot on my feet, which again, I'll explain later, but, um, she was massaging my left foot and like on the top of my foot and was like going like kind of up my ankle and calf. And she was like, are you doing okay? And I was like, yep. I was like, I mean, it definitely like doesn't feel good. And she was like, but you're just like used to it by now, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. Cause I was just Mm -hmm. still sitting there talking to her, but she could tell that like I was in pain. Yeah. And she was just like, she was like, you know, it's, it's crazy that that's something that you deal with like daily. And this is just like, you know, it, it hurts you and you're just still talking to me. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Same yeah. thing on my wrist. She was like massaging up my forearm and my wrist. Um, mm-hmm. and like, that was, I mean, it hurt honestly really bad. She was like adjusting my wrist, like crackling, popping it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, <sighs> and there was one point when I really was like, but other than that, I'm honestly kind of used to it. And to me, that pain was like nothing compared to oh, the pain yeah. <laughs> when I'm not expecting it yeah. or the pain when I can't control it. Whereas this, I could have told her to stop. Yeah. I could have told her to back down, but I was like, no, this is like for my own good. And honestly, it felt much better afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that we kind of underestimate how much pain and discomfort we go through on a daily basis. And I don't really think about it until it's those moments when I'm like, 
legit in really bad pain because I am constantly experiencing discomfort, stiffness, all that stuff. Like I said, sitting or standing up from sitting, you know, I'm demoing weight moves on the floor at orange theory. And then I like get up from a plank position and I'm like, like, gotta take a second. Um, but when it's in those moments, I'm kind of actually grateful because for instance, when I'm coaching, like I just get up and keep moving, you know, like I, it takes my mind off of it to a certain aspect. And obviously if I was like in pain, pain, I would like really, you know, give myself a little extra time, but it, if it's just like a little bit of discomfort and I'm like, I just kind of mentally push through it. Cause I'm like, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And that brings me to another point of like having to do what you have to do, which is the fact that I haven't had a car in 15 months. And I've been, um, ever since I started at orange theory in July, I've been biking to and from work, which I think that I've talked about on here, but not extensively. And over summer, I was feeling really, really good. I was biking to and from work. So I guess this is more of like a short-term body change, but I was biking to and from work, um, multiple times a week. I was working out like really like good, like feeling good workouts multiple times a week. I was really feeling amazing. And then kind of like fall winter hit and then COVID hit. And it's just kind of like accumulation of stuff and like a little bit more stress and stuff. And over the past few months, I've talked about the fact that I haven't felt good. And recently this past month, I've realized that riding my bike to and from work on a lot of days has been the only movement I've been able to get in other than, you know, like walking my dog and stuff like that. Um, and that's been wearing on me mentally because Mm -hmm. I, like I said, love fitness. I love working out. I genuinely enjoy it. And when I can't like my body physically and energy wise, I cannot get like even a 20 or 30 minute workout in outside of biking to and from work, which is about 40 minutes total. Um, that wears on me. Yeah. And it's something that I enjoy. And it's kind of like robbing me of that because mm-hmm. biking to and from work. Yes. I, for a while there, I was like, well, let me, what if I just like, look at it? Like Erica, you and I talked about this and we were both kind of like, well, what if I just looked at it as like, that is my intentional movement. Right. Mm-hmm. But that just never worked for me. Yeah. Um, could I tried to look at it as this is my intentional movement, but mm-hmm. then I was like, it's a you're happy. lying to yourself. Well, exactly. Not, is it's it really intentional? Energy. Is it really intentional if you're lying to yourself? Exactly. And so eventually I realized that and I connected with, you know what? This is this is taking away some of my joy. This is honestly tolling on the way that I see my body because I'm frustrated that this is the only movement I can do. Yeah. And so now I'm in the process of buying a car because I'm like, you know what? I've done this for long enough. My body just can't do this and honestly, mentally, I need to be able to do an additional workout and feel really good. And biking is just like, not it. And I'm tired of that being the only movement that I can do. And again, that's a change in my body in the past few months. And it's unfortunate, but I have to problem solve through it. Just like any other part of autoimmune disease is all trial and error. Um, and it's like that process. And I've gone through that and now I've realized, and now I've been truthful with myself of, I can't keep doing this. Like, my body just can't do that. And that's okay. But I need to like do something in addition to the fact that like, this kind of strays from the physical side of things, but in having a car, I'll be able to do things like go on hikes whenever I want, go to the coast whenever I want. And I realized just how much that mentally has been tolling on me as well. Not being able to be like immersed in nature. Now, yes, I have like this huge, um, kind of like, uh, it's literally called forest park, but it literally is like a forest in the city. It's the craziest thing. It's the biggest metropolitan park in the U S out in like literally bigger than, um, central park Mm -hmm. and, um, central park in New York. And, um, 
I, I do have access to that, but I just don't get over there a lot because it's a two mile walk to even get there. And again, yeah. that's a men- that's a physical toll. So mm-hmm. there's a whole lot that goes into it. And it's all about meeting your body where you're at, but also it's okay to still have goals like fitness wise, physical wise. Yeah. Like I think that sometimes there's this weird misconception that because you have an autoimmune disease, all of your goals have to be like, I want my joints to feel good. Like it, it kind of feels like you almost can't have a goal. Like I want to be able to lift really heavy. Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's just me. I don't know. I get in that way sometimes. So like, I love, um, what is her name? Georgina on Instagram that, that has psoriatic arthritis and is like a bodybuilder. Mm. She is literally like, I messaged her the other day. Cause I was like, girl, I have been on a struggle with my fitness journey and I appreciate what you're putting out there so much. Yeah. Um, her, like what she's doing is a little extreme for me personally, but it's very inspiring. And yeah. honestly, it's been a long time since I found someone that goes through very similar struggles that is mm-hmm. like f- so fitness oriented. And I really mm-hmm. have been looking up to her lately because it's like, okay, well she can do this. I can do this too. And I think we all kind of like need that person in addition to ourselves. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting how we see ourselves versus how other people see ourselves Mm -hmm. because I always get people saying like, wow, that's so inspiring. You can rock climb. Like I can barely do this. I can barely do that. And it's like, like you said, with some people, they feel like, like for yourself, like you think, oh, I can't have these like big goals with my body because I have this autoimmune condition. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've always said it's really like, you really have to have the right attitude and perspective towards your health and the right mindset to be like, I'm not giving myself the option to think of myself ending up in a wheelchair that I still have goals and I still want to achieve them. And that's, that's, what's honestly gotten me this far as Mm -hmm. I've talked a lot about this is that Climbing was my inspiration. Climbing was my motivation to get back to the healthiest place that I could with my body. And I have to sit and just really just be grateful for my, the opportunity to be able to even climb over the last couple of years and to get to the position that I was, uh, you know, a month ago. And yes, it's like frustrating and it doesn't look the same, but I'm like, wow. Like if I really think about it, I'm like, even just even someone going to climb like a V0 or V1 in the gym, which is, you know, fairly easy uh, for those people that don't know about climbing, it's still a massive achievement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's still a really massive achievement. And I think the way we, um, the physical abilities that we have in our life, we, we do take it for granted because we don't really see it through, like we see it through our own lens and through like our own thought process. But when someone else can look at us, they probably look at you. They probably look at me and they're like, wow, they're like achieving so much. Mm-hmm. And to us, sometimes it doesn't feel like achieving a lot because wow. I would love to be a V10 climber. You know, I love to be climbing really amazing things outdoors, like doing outdoor projects, stuff like that. But I have to like bring a level of realism to the situation and be like, okay, it may not look like this, but it can look like this. Mm-hmm. And I need to like remind myself that this is probably the best that it's going to be, but also allow yourself to be like frustrated. Like I get frustrated all the time with my mm-hmm. body. You know, I'm like, damn it. Like Rachel and I always talk about how we have a lot of like goals with our fitness, but yet- yeah we're constantly having to take breaks because 
our body goes through these fluctuations and it's like you it's hard to keep that consistency with anything that we do like anytime i get into something it's like i'm loving it i'm like dang it i have to stop this oh my god "Ah!" yeah it's so frustrating that happens to me literally all the time and yeah erica and i talk about this all the time like off our podcast um is just like the second that you feel like you're actually getting like rock yep. climbing, for instance, the second yep. that I feel like I'm like actually progressing, then I get a flare up and I feel like I can't climb. Or I went back to the climbing gym after a month of being off and literally felt like it was a year ago. It, mm-hmm. I felt like yep. such a beginner. And again, mm-hmm. I had taken breaks of, you know, two or three weeks at a time before. And when I've come back, I've actually felt strong still. And this time was so different. I was like, oh my gosh. And again, I have to give my body grace because I went through COVID. And I think that there's still like some prolonged changes because of that. Um, like energy wise and stamina and joint wise and whatever, but it's still frustrating and you can still give yourself that. Like, we're not saying like, oh yeah, it's fine. I still have goals. I can still keep going. Like, yeah, yeah, still keep going, but you have to kind of acknowledge that frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just like, so Gabby Bernstein, um, who's an author talks a lot about like the choose again method. And so she talks about like acknowledging the thought, thanking the thought for existing and thanking the thought for, um, showing you what you don't want to feel. And then choosing Mm -hmm. something that feels a little bit better. So for instance, feeling super frustrated and mad at your body for not being able to do what you could, um, for climbing, for instance, but then instead choosing like hope, like you can't be like, you don't have to be like, Oh my God, I'm so happy that I can't do this. Cause now I have a big goal. It can be like, you know what? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I can get back to where I was. Yeah. I mean, I just literally posted that yesterday on my Instagram. I, I put acknowledge the bad choose to focus on the good. Mm-hmm. Like I acknowledge the bad parts that, you know, it, what comes with living with rheumatoid arthritis and how it gets in the way of my climbing goals, goals, but I choose to focus on the good. I choose to focus on like, okay, at least I can get to the gym. Mm-hmm. At least I can even attempt a V3 or a V4. Yep. Like once you get in that habit of choosing to focus on the good, it comes naturally. You know, I don't have to sit there and tell myself, well, Erica, you really should think about the good. You know, I don't really do that. It's just where my thought process goes because that's how I've learned to cope with this disease. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That literally um, is a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about the same exact thing, like finding gratitude in everything. I talk about this all the time. You talk about this all the time. That is literally my biggest coping mechanism. If I had to choose one thing for living through life with autoimmune disease, besides, you know, like treatments and supplements and all that stuff, like it's gratitude. It's literally gratitude. Having gratitude is one of the highest human vibrations that is possible, right? Like literally on a cellular level, it is one of the highest vibrations. Yep. Scientifically proven. And when you have gratitude for anything and everything, it makes life so much easier, not even just autoimmune disease, but life in general, it makes everything so much easier to handle. Mm -hmm. And no, it doesn't make it, you know, okay, or, you know, all better, but it makes it a little bit easier. So for instance, um, yesterday I was riding my bike in the pouring rain. Like I'm talking sideways, pouring rain. I was drenched. Like it was going through my rain clothes into my clothes. And I was just like, this sucks. But I was like, it again, it automatically was this thought process of, wow, this sucks. And then immediately my brain started being like, well, you know, I'm actually grateful because for once in a long time, riding my bike feels good right now. Like, it's not even like, it's not bothering me. Like it actually feels good to my body. Mm -hmm. And also I'm grateful that I'm on my way home and 
Um, I get to change into uh, warm clothes when I get home. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I even have a means of transportation to and from work. So I didn't have to pay $30 for an Uber. Yeah. And I'm also like, I started just listing off these things without even like second guessing it. It just started yeah. happening. And that takes time to build. And so my number one tip is like, anytime that you're feeling that frustration or anger or whatever towards whatever's happening in life or with your autoimmune symptoms, think of at least one thing that you're grateful for in that moment. And it might not even be related to the thing that you're doing. It might be something totally different and that's fine. All of it is practice towards rewiring your mindset for looking for, you can call it silver linings. You can call it the positives, like whatever you want to call it. But always returning to that higher vibration of gratitude is going to work wonders. Yeah. I mean, I say this over and over and over, and this comes from Dr. Joe Dispenza too, but where you place your attention is where you place your energy. So if you're placing all of your attention on all of the things that are going wrong in your day, you're going to amplify that. You're going to bring more energy to that. You're going to draw more things in your life to solidify your suffering, right? Mm -hmm. But if you choose to focus on gratitude and elevated emotions like joy and hope and things like that, you're literally bringing the energy to those areas and you're amplifying that joy and that gratitude in your life. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is real, you know, like this Mm -hmm. stuff is like on a scientific level, like, showing that when you're in these limited emotions such as anger, frustration, resentment, and things like that, you're literally drawing those things into your life, more things to perpetuate your suffering. And so it is a really big, powerful tool and it sounds simple, but it really does have the power to change your whole perspective, the whole perspective of your whole day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Meeting yourself where you're at constantly. It is constant adjustment. Like we talked about constant trial and error, constant adjustment for this is my body today. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm not comparing to where I was yesterday to where I was last week as easy as it. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not comparing. I'm going to say I'm not focusing on the comparison because we're always going to compare ourselves to where we were yesterday, the week before the year before whatever. But if I look back at my body five years ago or just over five years ago, prior to my diagnosis, I was going to the gym a couple times a week, but it honestly wasn't super intentional is because like, I just like felt like I needed to, Mm -hmm. um, I was drinking whey protein shakes every day because I thought that's what you were supposed to do to be healthy. Um, I was eating all these inflammatory foods that I didn't realize my body was reacting to. And I was feeling like pretty strong, but I was like pretty, I was like relatively, um, in shape. Like I was never like chubby or anything like that. But when I look back at photos now, I'm like, I am so much stronger. I look healthier. I look stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I'm dealing with this flare, I know that I'm stronger physically. Like literally I'm talking like being able to lift and stuff. I'm stronger now than I ever was before. In addition to obviously mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to, I can look back at that and be like, God, like, I remember when I used to wake up and not have to like stretch in the morning Mm -hmm. and just like get up and work out first thing, even looking back like a year into my diagnosis, I was talking to you about this yesterday, Erica, how like I was put on Plaquenil right away and a couple of other medications. I was on a Mobic. I was getting cortisone shots in my knees. And honestly, I was at a point about a year, a year and a half into my diagnosis where I could wake up at like five 30 in the morning and go right into a workout. Mm-hmm. I was feeling that good, but I was not in tune with my mind. I was not in tune with my body. I was not in tune with my soul. I didn't, I was still trying to figure out the whole food thing. And it was basically all like medication that was doing that. And now I'm at a point where 
maybe it's partially being off of medication. Maybe it's partially, um, my body like disease, just progressing. There are days when I don't feel like that, but Mm -hmm. there are days when I do feel like that. And I embrace those days and I appreciate my body where it's at. Like today I was running really late and I was able to like hop out of bed, partially, probably adrenaline. Um, but I was able to like (laughs) hop out of bed and go straight to my chiropractic appointment. And I actually felt really good walking there. Like I didn't feel any like pain or discomfort. So always finding grace, always finding moments of gratitude, always finding compassion for yourself, which is yep. a common theme in our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think in a, another episode, we should talk about um, energy conservation. Cause I know we kind of wanted to segue yeah. into that, yeah. but we don't have enough time right now Yeah, um, and talk about energy conservation and how we have adjusted just like daily things like cooking and cleaning and stuff like that to where we're at. But I think the next episode will be a part two to the holistic modalities and then an alternative medicine. And then I think the next one, we should really focus on like tangible strategies for energy conservation and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. The thing is we have with this disease, like we have to be in the present moment with our body at all times. I mean, that's like fundamental yeah fundamental for just like humans in general like we really like this present moment is the only thing that exists so it's like why spend our time and energy thinking about oh what's gonna my body gonna look like in five days uh what's it gonna look like tomorrow or how it felt yesterday it's like you really just have to take day by day moment by moment and say okay this is what's going on with my body so yeah we talk about that all the time as well but it's crazy living with this disease and a lot of these things are invisible right so that's the other frustrating part about this is that we're having to use our body and adjust to things when a normal person is looking at us like why can't you just do it this way and you're like and and you can't see anything right so that's like honestly a mental part of it that's so hard is like i said like even like working out or you you rock climbing it's like we look like again, I look strong. I look like Mm -hmm. I should be able to do this stuff. And then you just kind of have to be like, okay, well, I know my limits and I'm going to stick firmly to that, even though I technically probably could do more, but I'm not going to push myself to that because I know I'll be laid up for a week or whatever. There's this quote that came through. It goes, worrying is literally just betting against yourself. And that is such a good point. Like you can't worry about where you were five days ago, where you're going to be in five days, like what your body is doing. There's literally no sense in worrying about that or having fear outside Mm -hmm. of this moment right here, right now, because Mm -hmm. that is just betting against yourself. And that's not fair to you. Like have those mantras, have those affirmations, have those moments of gratitude and lift up your vibration because as crazy as it sounds or may sound to some of you, or as much as you might agree with me, um, the way that you are, the vibration that you are holding yourself at in your, at a soul and cellular level will affect the way that you progress through your day, the way that you progress through your life, the way that you, um, look at your symptoms, the way that you look at the things that you're going through in life outside of autoimmune disease. Yep. It's all connected. Mind, body, soul. That's why we do what we do. Yep. And I think the last thing we should mention is that we've opened up two spots for yes yeah for our autoimmune and you uh healing through community retreat 
we initially had nine spots available, mm -hmm. but we've decided to do a little something a little bit different. And so we were able to open up two additional yeah, spots. Yeah, so exciting because those spots filled up so fast. Yeah. Like yeah. it's insane. Honestly, we are so excited. First of all, that you guys are that excited. But second of all, to open up two more spots for yep. people is just like, literally our minds are blown that we're able to do that. And that just means that every year it's going to get bigger and bigger. And so this is your chance to get in on the very first annual one and have like a very intimate space for only 11 guests holding space for each other, being able to have these intimate conversations. It's going to be incredible. We have so many cool things planned. If you need more information, please email us autoimmune and you at gmail.com. We'll give you all the details and then yeah, two spots left. So definitely jump on it. If you've been dying to meet Erica and I, if you've been wanting to be on one of our podcast episodes, even there's going to be a mm -hmm. chance for that on this retreat. So our next group call is going to be March 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, to get on that call, you need to email us autoimmuneandyou at gmail.com. We will send you the details for enrolling for the call. And we're going to show you photos of the space that we'll be staying in. We're going to show you all about some of the speakers that are coming, all about what to expect, as well as pricing and go over all of that. And you'll have other people from the autoimmune community on the call with us and get to meet um, a couple of the other people that are coming to the retreat as well. So it'll be a really, really awesome call. If you're interested whatsoever, if this is something that feels like, um, you're being called to, we would love to see you on the call. Getting on the call is not an obligation. It doesn't mean that you have to sign up for the retreat. It just means that you get information and you get to meet us kind of face to face. And don't forget to join us for our next episode. We're going to be diving more into alternative treatments that we've done. Rachel's going to share some updates with acupuncture. Um, and we're also going to talk about the things that haven't really worked for us and that we wouldn't really um, recommend to other people. I mean, of course, you can try whatever you want. And then we also got some questions regarding the Chinese herbal medicine that I used at the beginning of my diagnosis. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. So we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Autoimmune and You podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people. 